0: praying that you'll be really blessed and that god will speak into your heart as we take this journey together so please go ahead and hit the subscribe button to keep updated with the very latest sauntering podcasts good morning saunterers we're back again i had a real funny time this morning trying to do instagram live i had three goes and so probably one or two people were watching thinking what is this loony doing anyway good morning pat and mike and great to see you and if you're joining me on the podcast we've got over a thousand downloads already can you believe it that's so cool i'm really excited and grateful to everyone who's been listening and joining me in the mornings and um god bless you so let's have a pray and welcome the lord this morning so holy spirit we welcome you we thank you that you love us we thank you that you're interested in all the detail of our lives the big stuff the small stuff and that you've got it all planned and you've got it all sorted and you're the victor you're the champion you're fighting for us god is so good you are amazing and we do love you amen good morning steve and fliss and johnny and mary and buenos dias flor and good morning chris and ruth and fran you guys are amazing Um, don't forget to share it if it's helpful to you and that's all good it all does gets it around doesn't it so genesis chapter 32 this morning we're cracking on aren't we so jacob went on his way and the angels of god met him wowzers listen to that for a verse, Jacob went on his way and the angels of God met him, remember he's parted company with his twisty father-in-law Laban, he's left him behind now, he's managed to escape his clutches and God, he's met, they've made a covenant, he's made a covenant with his father-in-law, they're not going to mess with each other and spoil each other's lives anymore and really let each other get on with their lives and now en route God has met with him with angels this is incredible and when Jacob saw them verse 2 he said this is God's camp and so he called the name of that place Manaheim which means two camps and so he it, I, I'm sure it's true that these angels didn't just suddenly turn up but they actually had been traveling with him en route since he left Laban and even whilst he was with Laban I'm sure they were there protecting him and fighting for him and ensuring the sheep and goats were breeding correctly and all the rest of it and watching over. It's interesting that Jacob said that not one of those animals miscarried whilst I was looking after them and there's something isn't there about the promise and blessing of God even in that statement and I just think oh God we need to claim this stuff for our our wives our children when they're you know starting to have babies and come into that season of their lives and just oh god just get hold of these promises somehow if someone as kind of wobbly and twisted as Jacob could get hold of these promises and these truths and understand them and lay hold of them surely they apply to you and me yes I absolutely believe they do anyway so i'm sure these angels were already there but it's just like now they he's been given the gift of sight and they've suddenly popped into he's got visual contact with them for the first time and he realizes wow god has camped with me and there's this other camp here so there's my physical camp which looks impressive but there's god's camp as well can you imagine what that looked like a camp of angels wow and Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau his brother in the land of Seir the country of Edom instructing them thus you shall say to my lord Esau thus says your servant Jacob I have sojourned with Laban Laban, and stayed with him until now I have oxen donkeys flocks male servants female servants I have sent to tell my Lord in order that I might find favour in your sight. Right. Remember, Jacob's last memory of Esau was him breathing out murderous threats. And his mum said, your brother is comforting himself with this thought that when he catches you, he's going to kill you. And when your father dies, you're going to die because there's no one to stop him carrying out his evil plan of revenge on you so jacob ran away didn't he on the strength of that literally just with his staff (laughs) was a paid staff it was a piece of wood he's running for his life with a stick and that's all he's got and uh so that's his last memory and you can imagine whilst he's preoccupied with laban and all the scheming and contriving and all the badgering going on by his wives to come and lie with him them that night and all the rest of it it's like oh my i would imagine that took a fair bit of his attention but even so out on those big fields looking after his sheep I would imagine it was quite common that his thoughts would go back to his brother and think man I've got to face that one day I've got to I've got to cross that horizon one day and look into the eyes of my brother because I've got to go back to the land of promise and that's going to mean running into my bro and he's gonna kill me because that's what he's promised to do. And so I would imagine that that thought was never very far from Jacob's mind. Always this thought of, man, I've got unfinished business. I have properly messed up. This is 20 years on. But who knows whether my brother's moved on or not. He probably hasn't. I must assume the worst. I must assume he's going to kill me. So what he's now doing by sending this message. Good morning, Dean and Deepak. He's sending this message by by herding all of these sending the messages ahead of him basically and saying look tell what i'm trying to convey a message to my brother is i don't need anything from him anymore i yes sure i twisted him and i deceived him and all the rest of it and but now i'm 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 fully loaded i've got everything i need i don't need anything out of my brother so i'm not coming to sponge off him or to Kind of usurp him anymore or grasp any more of his stuff, um, because he knew he left a bad smell behind him. And the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, "We've come to your brother. E- oh, sorry, we came to your brother Esau, and he is coming to meet you. And there are four hundred men with him. Oh my! So he must have thought, oh my, four hundred men." And Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He divided the people who were with him and the flocks and herds and camels into two camps, thinking, if Esau comes to the one camp and attacks it, then the camp that is left will escape. So he's thinking, I have to assume the worst. I have to assume that these 400 men are armed to the teeth and they're like his private militia. They're going to come and chop us to pieces And there's no evidence that Jacob had any planning or kind of strategy for war. It seems he was a peaceable farmer type of guy. And actually... I think as time's gone on we grow to quite like Jacob and to warm to him quite a lot and I think you see him kind of trying to juggle this domestic nightmare alongside the farming industry and on the one hand it's a complete disaster and on the other hand it's a roaring success and it's got this kind of paradoxical um, private life and business life of Jacob which don't seem to match up at all and with the exception that there's a heck of a lot of fertility going on around the place. <laughs> um, and uh, so, anyway, so he's divided up his estate into, or his kind of, uh, what do you call it, herds and people and stuff in his household into two groups and sent one group one way, another group a slightly different way, so that at least if Esau's occupied attacking and destroying one, the other group can escape. Which is a bit desperate, isn't it? And Jacob said, O oh God of my father Abraham, and God of my father Isaac, O oh Lord, who said to me, Return to your country and to your kindred, that I may do you good. I'm not worthy of the least of all the deeds of steadfast love and all the faithfulness you have shown your servant, for with only my staff I cross this Jordan and now I have become two camps, so this idea of Manahame, the two camps, has got lots of layers of meaning right now, so he's big enough to divide himself, his household, into two, and it's still massive, and all these flocks, and herds, and camels, and everything else, and he said, when I came here, I just had nothing but my staff and there's there's a song that I I love it's been around a little bit um I came here with nothing and I feel like that I came to Weymouth with a little um Ford Escort van and a few tins of paint a few paint brushes and stuff and and I have a family and a grandson and a house do you know what I mean and God has blessed me I know I can't claim to be a multimillionaire or anything like that. I don't even mind. But he's given me friends, people who love me, love my family. And I'm just too, too grateful to God. I mean, gosh, but Jacob, he's looking out and he's saying, God, I'm not worthy of any of this, any of this kindness you've shown me. And this is such a different Jacob, isn't it? Then the one who's like, ah, you want the you want the nice red soup? You give me your birthright. And he's kind of he's lost all of that cocky wheeler dealer sort of thing. And he's just this guy who's thinking, God, please don't let this be the end of all of this blessing because you've blessed me so well and you've been so kind to me. And I'm pretty sure you wanted me to come back here because you did say to me, come back and that you'll do me good. Surely, doing me good doesn't involve my family being destroyed by my brother, and yet he's saying, I know I'm not worthy of any of this kindness that you've shown to me, any of this steadfast love and faithfulness. So, what he's done, he's developed a history with God where he's come to understand something about the nature of God, and now in his prayer life, he's returning that revelation back to God and saying, God, right, here's this situation i know you to be a steadfast loving god i know you to be faithful right here i am this is my prayer you've brought me this far do you know what i mean he's building on his experience and his revelation of god and he's praying that back into his kind of immediate situation where the pressure's on we need to do that we need to use that knowledge of god that history with god god you did this for me before I'm trusting that you're going to help me today. I've got this awful situation at work. You've helped me before with this kind of thing. Help me today. Do you know what I mean? So we bring that into the present. And we bring it into our prayer life and our relationship with God. And so he's saying, please, verse 11, deliver me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau. For I fear him that he may come and attack me, the mothers and the children. Or oh, the mothers with the children. But you said... Here we go. I'm afraid, but you've said, but you said, I will surely do you good and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. So he's saying, God, I'm terrified. Seriously, I am terrified. But you've said, and this is a really, really, really good way to pray in when we're in a fearful situation. It's not to pretend we are not afraid, but to say, God, I am afraid but you have said don't you love that i just love that i think it's just such a strong position for Turby to, to be and such a strong prayer god i'm afraid but you said so he's bringing the word of god back to god and arguing his case and god can't lie so he's on a sure footing isn't he so he stayed there that night and from what he had with him He took a present for his brother Esau. Listen to what he was going to give his brother. 200 female goats, 20 male goats. So that's a little starter pack for a goat farmer, isn't it? Proper nice. Um, And he says um, 30 milking camels. 30 milking camels. Do you know how much camel milk is? It's 20 pounds a litre. takes a bit. I don't think camels have the yield of a halston cow but they certainly do produce a very drinkable milk which i have tried it's quite nice and uh it's um but he's he's gonna sell he's gonna give 30 milking camels that's a lot of camel and what else and their calves 40 cows 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. I mean, you could start a really decent farm just on the strength of that gift, couldn't you? That is a pretty nice gift. And then he handed over to his servants every drove by itself and said to the servants, pass on ahead of me and put a space between drove and drove. So he broke this gift up into packs of, I guess, you know, and with a servant driving um, these animals ahead of them in kind of installments and he instructed the first when Esau my brother meets you and asks you to whom do you belong where are you going and whose are these ahead of you then you shall say they belong to your servant Jacob they are a present sent to my lord Esau and moreover he is behind us so he's saying send it on ahead and say I'm coming but they're a gift to you Esau from me all right so it's a bit like puss in boots who do these belong to oh they belong to the marquis of carabas but this is this is for real this isn't a fiction made up to look good this is an actual real gift and i'm sure jacob would have given a lot more if he thought it would get him out of trouble with his brother so he likewise instructed the second and the third who followed the droves You shall say the same thing to Esau when you find him and you shall say, moreover, your servant Jacob is behind us. For he thought I may appease him with the present that goes ahead of me and afterward I shall see his face. Perhaps he will accept me. So the present passed on ahead of him and he he himself stayed that night in the camp. There is a proverb. It says a man's gift goes ahead of him and makes a way for him and ushers him into the presence of the great it says it in the book of proverbs and it's talking i think probably about a bribe opening up opportunities but it's also the gift that that person carries from the lord in themselves that you know like he gave some to be apostles and some to be prophets and pastors and teachers and all of that kind of ephesians 4 11 ministry it's like a gift the person themselves is a gift now that's not just restricted to men i'm just going to say that it's men and women each man each woman called by god is a gift to his body the church and to the earth some we used to say when we were kids when someone was a bit cocky oh you think you're god's gift to creation well actually Here's the news. I am. I'm God's gift to creation. Wow, can you imagine it? And so the gift that we are goes ahead of us and makes a way for us and opens doors for us. It's called the favour of God and it opens doors that are closed to us. And, and Jacob kind of understands this somehow, but he's wanting to open a door with his brother Esau open the door to kind of scale down the kind of warfare and just come in peace. And he's saying, listen, man, I'm... you know, And th- there's another proverb, right? It says, a brother offended is hard to win. Now, if Jacob had gone out there to meet Esau, bristling with defensiveness and arguments and, oh, you know, kind of bringing his strongest young men out with him and sort of muscling forward um like some of our <laughs> politicians do in certain parts of the country in the world i mean and <coughs> you know with all their ICBMs and stuff on trucks if he had gone forward looking powerful and mighty he might have got a very different response from his brother but he's coming forward in humility and bringing a gift and I love that. When we're in a situation where we've caused an offence, let's go in to win that brother, to win that sister. Let's not just go in to justify ourselves. <laughs> Can you see this? There's not even a just self-justifying bone left in Jacob's body. And by the time he gets through the night is even less. Let's just read on. Whoa. So that same night he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else he had. And Jacob was left alone. So he's ensured they've got over this ford, this crossing place in the river safely. They've crossed the Jordan again. And he's left alone and it's this moment of just Jacob and, and reflection. Now, Jacob wasn't a stranger to being alone. He'd gone on the journey alone the first time round. He'd met with God, been a shepherd out on the in the fields on his own, met with God, no doubt, many times in some way or another. But now um, here he is and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. And then he said, let me go. So this is the man or we'll talk about who that might be in a second. And he said, let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, Yisrael, Yisrael. You have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. And Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So this is a mysterious encounter. We believe it is with Jesus the, what the theologians would call a pre-incarnate visitation of Jesus before he was born in the stable to Mary or wherever it was and laid in a manger and all that stuff that we know about before he was incarnate, before he came became human flesh and lived on the earth and dwelt among us, like the Bible says. Before all of that happened, He did seem to appear multiple times in the Old Testament. And we've talked a bit about some of them. This seems to be a classic moment where he's done it. He's come as a man again and he's wrestling with Jacob. Now, we know that if God wanted to win the wrestling match with Jacob, it would be all over in less than one round, wouldn't it? He would just kind of touch him on the forehead, boom, he'd be on the ground. End of story. But somehow... There is this incredible sense. I just wish we could get this into our, uh, get this kind of idea that God is there as a man wrestling and matching his strength to Jacob's. Now, Jacob's obviously getting on a bit in years. He's got all these kids. He's done a lot, but he's wrestling and god is matching his strength and resisting jacob just enough he's not killing him he's not humiliating him but he's not letting him win and he's holding him back and they're matching their strength to each other and then the the man says i must go And daylight and and i i'm sure jacob knew this wasn't just a he didn't go out wrestling he wasn't a wrestler <laughs> was a farmer. He knew this was an encounter with something divine. He knew he was experiencing some kind of moment with God. And so he says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And you can imagine him hanging on, lying on the ground, exhausted, hanging on to this guy's feet and saying, God, I am not letting you go. Come on. We've wrestled. We've been through the night. We've been on this journey. I've been with you in this foreign land. I'm coming back. God don't now don't don't just go bless me come on God while you're here with me give me a blessing and uh, then he says well I'll tell you what your name is no longer he says what's your name well of course he knows his name this is just God doing what he does trying to get us to be part of the answer he's a great counselor wonderful counselor and he says what is your name what Jacob says is grasper, it's deceiver, usurper. That's my name. I'm a scheming lying <laughs> little toad. That's my name. That's what I am. I'm a deceiver. I've deceived my dad, my brother, my everybody else. And God says your name's n- gonna no longer be Jacob. It's gonna be Israel, which means wrestled, prevailed with God. You've prevailed with God, Jacob. <laughs> it's so beautiful it's just so beautiful you've prevailed with god what does it mean he hasn't overcome god he hasn't defeated god he hasn't won god round but somehow he's gained influence with god his his name his person his him as a man has connected with the eternal creator god and gained influence and traction oh man this is just stunning this is a this is a revelation to us it's really important we understand the point of this narrative It's not to tell us just what happened to Jacob but it's to tell us what happens with us and as we engage with God human being before the eternal creator God he allows us to prevail, he allows our prayers to get through and prevail. Come on, guys, hear me. This is so utterly stunning. This is utterly phenomenal. And then Jacob says, Well, tell me your name, then. And uh God and he wouldn't tell him, and he says, Why? <laughs> asks another question that's God as well isn't it? he's always like that he asks another question and he says why did you ask me my name and so Jacob called the name of the place Peniel or Peniel or however you pronounce it he says for I have seen God face to face and yet my life has been delivered Peniel means face um the before the face of God or face to face with God that kind of thing And the sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of his thigh. Now, a very famous preacher called Bob Mumford once said, never trust a man who doesn't walk with a limp. There's something about somebody who has wrestled with God that they have a weakness In their flesh they don't put the same confidence in their flesh anymore the apostle paul says we put no confidence in the flesh i was with a bunch of vicars and ministers the other day and i said you know what i've never been to a place like this one where i have less confidence in my own ability in my own flesh i said i'm just i have been broken before god I, i i don't i'm i'm here because of one thing only And that is because of his incredible grace. Just like Jacob said, I don't deserve anything you've given me, God. Not even one little tiny scrap of this. I don't deserve it, but it's because of your incredible grace. This story teaches us about grace. The name Israel prevails with God. It's not about a mighty man who's conquered God. Nothing at all. It's not like that. It's about a man who is hung in there with God and found God's incredible grace, incredible kindness. Isn't isn't it wonderful that the whole nation was named after that? You guys have an amazing day. May God bless you and may you see his face and live in the sunshine of his beauty today and every single day. The blessing be on you and your children and your children's children. In Jesus' name. Amen. I am super excited to be able to recommend to you my book, The Christing. It's a whole adventure of digging deep into the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, exploring stories that may be familiar to us, but just seeing how the power and the beautiful, rich treasure of the Holy Spirit is there on every single page. And my desire as I share my own stories is that we would get caught up in that adventure together of a life pursuing the supernatural God where anything becomes possible when we're full of his Holy Spirit. And so my prayer for you as you read this book is that you'll get excited to embark on your own voyage of discovery with him. But more than anything else, that you would fall more in love with Jesus. So please, if you have not got a copy, do buy one. You can get it online on all the major um, online bookstores, including Amazon, and Eden and others. You can buy it from Christian bookshops. Or you can message me and get your own signed copy. There you go. But do like it and review it because that really, really does help. Thank you so much.